Hello everyone, I'm Jamie Bricker, and welcome back to this week's edition of our ongoing weekly podcast series, Affective Leadership, Positivity Promotes Productivity. Now, we spent the past month discussing the impact of a leader's personality and presence on an organization. So for the next few weeks, we're going to really extend this conversation by exploring different aspects of effective communication in the workplace. Before we proceed, it's my pleasure to once again introduce my co-host, Jack Barkley. Thanks, Jamie. I'm really excited to be uh, exploring and extending the conversation with you. And, you know, effective leaders recognize that importance of strong communication connections within and across the organization. And wouldn't you agree, I really think that it all starts with that leader being able to reach out effectively to people. Oh, no question. Now, Jack, I've got to kind of, you know, you're starting us off on a really important kind of, uh, you know, kind of subtopic here. So just to kind of keep that rolling, like, why do you, you know, in a nutshell, consider it so important for the affective leader to reach out and, and uh, have better communication with staff? Well, I think if you're, if you're con- communicating and connecting positively and genuinely connecting with people, it, it helps build their confidence and it helps build a network and strengthen that network of workers in the organization. Um, it makes them feel valued. We've talked about it in the past, I, I think a little bit. And we look at it as a, a, you know, I'm not trying to be cavalier by saying this, but it really is the leaders. It's an investment in people. Uh, and positive relationships as you move forward uh, in the organization. Well, Jack, when you you know say the uh, word investment, it just kind of reminds me that it's so important for you know for all leaders uh, to keep in mind that investments, of course, involve both deposits and withdrawals. Yes. And I think what really separates affective leaders, in my opinion, is they you know they recognize that. So they're proactive, they, they put in the time and effort to make those deposits, those genuine, and I wanna stress genuine feel-good comments and recognition for uh, someone's work well done and appreciation and so on, because they have a very clear understanding that down the road at certain times, uh, there are going to be some withdrawals you know, from that relationship. And uh, to keep that relationship with a positive balance, of course, we need, deposits in place. Absolutely. And Jimmy, I really like your point. Well said with the amount of time that it takes. So your, your example of um, recognition and uh, noticing an employee, I think a lot of uh, workers can certainly understand or pick up if you are quick and, um, and un- insincere. Uh, about your your comment or recognition, and and that can be a withdrawal, uh, and and we don't want that. So it's certainly that time. What does that involve? It involves listening and sharing ideas and perspectives, and and really that attention to detail in in recognizing uh, the employee and making connections with people. It helps them feel connected to the organization, and really better about themselves and. Don't you agree that I, we certainly think it's key in, in today's, any time, but certainly in today's time, and that overall mental health and well-being of, of the employee uh, is, is first and foremost? Oh, no question. I mean, it, what you're saying, Jack, is always important, but it's of paramount importance right now. And I think as we go into our five keys, I mean, the bottom line is all about establishing and, and maintaining a strong, and I call it like a strong communication loop. 
because it, it, it very much is very, you know, uh, you know, it's very much alive and it's, it's just kind of endless and continuous and very fluid and it, and it really involves everyone at some point. Right. I like that idea of the, of the loop, Jamie, for sure. So, so our first key when we want to talk about is that quality of communication and you, you've out, alluded to the fact of how that takes time, but we want, we want to be clear and concise in our communication um, with people in the organization. And we also want to avoid those misrepresentations and know that our communication is time sensitive. So that distance, if you're distance, for example, between a, a recognition of some sort uh, is weeks in between when the job was completed or what you're recognizing, that's, that's not going to be too sincere. And I feel like we're stating the obvious with that, but that's just a little bit of an example there. Oh, no question. And, uh, and, and those seemingly small examples, they can very quickly add up to a major disconnect, as you well know. And, you know, Jack, I think it's, and I know you and I have talked about this many times over the years ourselves, that like the leader is the final funnel. And by that, of course, we mean that they ultimately control the message and control the timing of the messages you're referring to and so on. So rather than just inundating people with an indiscriminate, you know, massive information, it's important that the leader kind of picks and chooses as things are dispersed. That's, that's so important, Jimmy. And there's lots of ways, as, as you've noted, to, to do that. So whether it be the leader having the final edit or a check and balance mechanism in there, or that, that final draft across uh, your table uh, as the leader. It, it's really that ultimate, that ultimate content is, is the accountability of the whole organization. And that to, to us, I think as leaders, we want to be accountable and show our, the group that you, that you are being accountable with that. And, you know, boy, you can't, you can't help but think that so many challenges uh, in um, our experience, I think we'd agree that stem from that mistimed or miscommunicated uh, piece of information. You know? Well, Jack, when you, when you say the miscommunication, uh, I look at it as, as kind of a, like the old math teacher in me looks at it as two kind of uh, very different equations, which ultimately, you know, uh, equate to the same answer. And by that, I mean, you can, as a leader uh, or, you know, anyone within the organization, really, but the, the emphasis here is really on the importance of the leader not doing this, but we can inadvertently uh, disperse uh, incorrect information and do it in a very uh, clear manner. Um, but that, of course, can lead to miscommunication. On the other hand, you can send out pinpoint accurate information, but in kind of a, a muddled, foggy manner, which of course also leads to miscommunication. So I think it's gotta be obviously a combination of accurate information and very clearly stated and uh, shared with people. So true, Jamie, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that for, for sure. And, and part of that of course ties into our next key where it's intent versus impact. And if things are clear, then those two terms tend to align. Um, but the, uh, you know, the sender of the information, their intent, if things get muddled and so on, they may be vastly different than the uh, recipient's, you know, impact. And I think it's important, Jack, to, 
let our listeners know that intent and impact is going to be the entire focus of our next podcast. And today we're just going to go into it kind of a, a fairly brief overview. But it's all, of course, all about really, of course, this, the sender's message versus the uh, receiver's reception of the message. And I, I think it's also important that, once again, some impacts can really be very kind of uh, public and others remain private. So in other words, in a, in a meeting, uh, with, you know, with a, a large number of people or even a kind of your leadership team in an organization, people may publicly, uh, you know, kind of let on that, uh, you know, the, the intent and the impact is aligned very nicely and, you know, they totally get it and they're totally good with it. And yet behind the scenes, they may know darn well that there's been a big disconnect and they're feeling really stressed. Well, Jamie, that example makes me think of uh, that iceberg analogy where we, you know, you communicate with people and uh, that impact can rest so much on, you know, you see 10% of it uh, above the water or in person with with, uh, the people in the organization. But like you say, the disconnect or other things going on that day or things you don't see or don't know are all beneath the surface and you you have to be aware of that. And how do you manage that? How do you navigate that in your communication? Well, and that ties in uh, beautifully, Jack, with the whole notion we mentioned earlier about that's why, you know, big decisions, you know, take time because, you know, getting under the water and seeing the base of the iceberg, that's like, you know, doing your homework. Um, And it's really important too, of course, that everyone feels like their voice was heard in the process. Uh, and I, I know you'd agree, Jack, but like, it's, it's not just that, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the leader is going to, you know, sends a message and it's not what the other person quote was expecting or wants to hear. Well, that like, I want to stress, that doesn't mean the leader is then going to immediately change the message. That's not what we're saying. It's just acknowledging that there's been some disconnect or misunderstanding and then, you know, talking our way through it. Cause I think the bottom line to me is people just, uh, you know, the last thing they need in today's world is any more surprises. Absolutely, Jamie. Well now, said. Looking, looking uh, in terms of, um, you know, communication, I'm going to look now at spoken and Jack, I know in a few minutes, you're going to look at the uh, written. And those are really, of course, the two main types uh, within any organization. And in terms of the oral communication, I think it's so important that big news to me needs to be shared orally and to hopefully cut down once again on these misunderstandings. And uh, I think quote unquote, really big news to me is always kind of one-on-one behind closed doors. Uh, and kind of the, the uh, importance of the news to me uh, kind of has a reverse relationship with the number of people who are present when the information is shared. So most important has the smallest audience. Um, and, and then of course, with the spoken communication is that whole importance of being that active listener. Yeah, I, I Jamie, the, these are great points. And one thing with the, the, the listening, and I, I think we've touched on it before, is that less, in active listening, the less said by you is sometimes more, if that makes sense, you know, the, that, that word. It just allows for the person to take in more, and, and, it, and you don't want it to become about you again, as we say. Oh, no question. And that's a fine line that, 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 that can very easily happen. And I think also that kind of uh, 
recognizing the public and private nature of conversations and uh, like the whole confidentiality piece, I think is, is so important because we've talked a lot about trust. And of course, like the trust is immediately blown uh, from someone, you know, working in your department or one of your employees or whatever, if they find out later, you've shared the conversation in a more public forum. Uh, on the other hand, of course, as the leader, you have to be aware of the fact that the other party, you know, may in fact share it beyond your, your office doors. So kind of be aware of both sides of that. Absolutely. It's so, uh, so important to keep those pieces in mind, especially when we go back and think about deposits and withdrawals and so on uh, as we move forward. Well, Jimmy, I think you'd agree that, you know, there were days when the spoken information was, took up a lot of what we did and, and so on. But, but now in our day and age of email and, and social media platforms, written communication brings a whole new layer and it, it expands in that. And, and I think even the backdrop of the pandemic has increases our focus on the written communication. We're in, in less of those face-to-face -face situations. Um, you know, and, and again, written, the written word has so much more, uh, can have so much more of an impact, I think, you know, I think it's really important when we're, we're meeting it, same thing uh, to think about, we want to have that, you know, we want to make sure that we're clear, we keep that in mind just with spoken information, but having that brief follow up or that review for everyone, um, still ad adhering to so that we're clear with a group on what we what we've uh, covered and, and so on, so that there's no misunderstanding with that uh, and so on. And and that whole idea of we talk about almost a 24-hour rule of getting back to people. That delay in the written response again, using our ideas of time and working through things, but being timely and getting back to people is so important. Well, you're right. And that 24-hour rule, Jack, it reinforces that. You know, very few decisions are urgent. You know, the odd one is, but very few are urgent. And that 24-hour rule, to me, it always kind of allowed you to kind of, the balance of kind of rational thought versus emotional feelings over time, you know, especially on a contentious issue, kind of the emotions can kind of fizzle out of it and we can really focus on, on the rational lens. Whereas 24 hours earlier, that might not have been the case and once again, I'm a bit of a broken record, but you know, with the with the written material, you just never know the ultimate audience or the ultimate timeline. Uh, you know, old emails they never really die. <laughs> You're so true, uh, Jamie. You know, and and that's I, I think that's where we want to turn our focus in the electronic communication, um, electronic news or the email news is follow up um, reminders. It's not necessarily the new stuff and so on. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, it's, it's factual. And one, one big thing to me is, holy Toledo, I would urge people to not try to be funny or witty or humorous or whatever in any kind of written communication. And obviously, obviously avoid any kind of sarcasm because very difficult for someone to interpret tone and intonation. And unfortunately, most people will take what you write at face value. And that can lead to major misunderstandings. Absolutely. So, that, so I'm, I'm, we would agree that that judgment and discretion is so it's important in what you say, but it's really important in the writing piece. And, uh, you know, you think of things like no capitals in, in 
their formal emails because that's almost like shouting at somebody. And after you've hit send, very difficult to retract that. And, and even if they're deleted, they're still out there. You don't know where, where things are and, and so on and that. And, and let's, let's be honest, with an email, you know, you can't say you missed it. There's a lasting record of it. Uh, so there's, there's that, that piece there that's so final with it. Wouldn't you agree? No, no question, but that just, if I can interject, Jack, that the one real advantage of that, of course, is it's a, as you mentioned earlier, it's a wonderful way to provide a summary of the key points discussed at a recent meeting. Everybody gets it. That's right. Yeah. And it, and, and let's face it, it's, it's date and it's time stamped and it, I almost think that written in the electronic social media platform brings a certain accountability to everybody. Now, Jamie, this is the last uh, of our keys is around relational versus positional authority. And it's such a, an important topic, you know, and, and I, you and I have had conversations around this before. It's, it's not just who you are or your position. Uh, it's, it's, it's what you do with that position. That's really, to me and to us, how you're viewed. Well, I couldn't agree more, Jack. I mean, the bottom line is we want people to do things because they want to do it, not because they, quote, feel they have to do it. And to me, that's a wordier way of saying we're striving as effective leaders for long-term commitment from people, not simply short-term compliance. You're right. And, and, and along those lines, it's, it's almost... I know we've alluded to the deposit and withdrawal focus, but it's like that relational deposits uh, juxtaposed to the positional withdrawals, because we know there's going to be times when something's needed or required and it'll be a disappointment to people. But that's why you have to be so aware and cognizant of building those uh, relations, no matter what your role is in the organization well i think too jack like you know in a, in a nutshell it, it's kind of and i know it sounds kind of quaint and so on but it's so true it's you know as you say it's it's how you present things to people it's not what you present and you know affective leaders you know they, they present things that need to be done by the end of the week like that's a deadline and i will support you to get to that deadline but it needs to be done type thing rather than the proverbial line in the sand, like the, you know, as you say, like, like the ultimatum, it's, uh, you know, do it or else. Well, obviously right. people aren't going to respond, you know, positively to that. Um, and I, I like to close this section if I, if I can with kind of a, a brief metaphor that I think is so powerful where there's a, you know, like Jack picture, like, you know, like a picture frame, there's a, there's a positional framework or a structure or whatever for, for the, the organization. And within that framework on the canvas, like, you know, this is kind of the project of what people are working on and needs to get done. And, you know, I always look at it that uh, everyone has a brush to work on the canvas. Once we've all agreed on the framework and the dimensions of the project, everyone has a brush to contribute to uh, what goes on that canvas. And it is, it is so important that everyone really feels once again, that their voice or their brush is being heard and that the leader uh, who may feel under some kind of time crunch or whatever, doesn't reach a point where he or she just arbitrarily comes with their big proverbial roller and just goes right over what everyone else has just spent time putting on with their brushes. So I think that's kind of in a nutshell, a metaphor of what we're really kind of 
talking about where it's positional framework. We have to have that, absolutely. But we also have to respect relational canvas and what people are really contributing. So right, Jamie. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I love the metaphor uh, of that for sure. And we, as leaders, you certainly feel under those time constraints in that. But it's, again, it's, a, it's another skill where you've got to give people their, um, their voice and their attempt at filling that canvas, as you say. Well, give them their voice, Jack, or give them their brush. But you need, you need to recognize them, no question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as we draw things to a close, just a reminder to everyone that leaders need to be very aware of both their oral and written comments once again at all times. As for any significant issue, uh, we strongly recommend a face-to-face -face conversation. Want to stress, we totally, totally get it that the pandemic has changed the whole face-to-face -face dynamic. So it may be a, a, a Zoom to Zoom, uh, it could be a phone call, whatever the case may be. But even in, in these strange times, I think you know an important conversation deserves more than just some kind of, you know, written connection. Yeah, I, Jamie, I really, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm excited about moving into October and looking at these uh, ideas, these keys, these steps that we uh, have put forth today a little bit more in depth as, as we move through the next month. So we just like to thank everyone for joining us today. And next week, we'll be discussing communication further. Uh, as we'll be looking at that all-important difference between intent versus impact. Oh, yeah, that is a, that is a key issue, no, no, no doubt about it. Well, thanks again, Jack. And we'd just like to remind everyone that our podcast, as always, will be posted uh, on, a, on a weekly basis, each and every week, we promise. And there will also be a weekly blog on LinkedIn and a short video on YouTube that will both review this week's key points on affective leadership five keys to better communication. And we'd also like to remind people that our overall series, Affective Leadership, Positivity Promotes Productivity, will be continue to be available in all of these formats.